0: Welcome to Ahead of the Game, a podcast brought to you by the Digital Marketing Institute. I'm your host, Will Francis, and today we'll be looking back on a few classic episodes around that all-important theme of productivity. In the early episodes of this podcast, just before the pandemic disrupted our lives in March 2020, I spoke to a few of our guests about this, and here we've brought together some insights from the three of them, Joe Williams, Alison Battersby, and Kevin Reed. It's an evergreen topic, and so this is as relevant now as it was then. And the overarching theme that comes through for me, I think, is that productivity really is a battle with yourself. But there are tried and tested strategies for winning. So let's have a listen to Joe Williams, founder of Tribe SEO, first. I started by asking Joe
1: about Deep Work. Deep Work, um, it comes from the book called Deep Work um, by Cal Newport, I believe is the author. And he he sort of talks about the difference between deep work and shallow work. Now, deep work is your kind of like really important tasks that you need to do. Um, now, hopefully, they should be aligned with tasks that you really want to do and you're really interested in. Um, and in order to do them effectively, you need to have what what Cal calls deep work. So that's long periods of time which are uninterrupted. Um, and you know the reality is without being disciplined that's not what we normally do we normally have notifications on our on email that pop up on on the computer social media notifications pop up and we're just constantly being interrupted you know whether it's digitally or maybe the person next to you if you work in an office and it's just if you can you know maybe you can't do free sessions in a morning Maybe you can do one session where you come to work a little bit earlier and that could be your deep work session. But it's it's trying to be mindful of how you can focus your energy and time.
0: You've talked about this idea of, um, it's, uh, I can't remember who popularised it, but of eating the frog. So when you do that deep work, it's really facing the big nasty thing that you've got to do today. You probably would procrastinate and put off and just muck about on social media and say, I'll do that this afternoon. But you just go straight into that.
1: Yeah, so like eat that frog. That's that's another another, another book. It sounds quite a strange uh, phrase, but it's it's really um, about thinking about what's your most uh, daunting, but possibly your most important task that you need to do, um, and doing that early on in your day. And the way that I kind of frame my day um, is that I I have a morning routine and uh, an, an afternoon routine. And the morning routine is right at the start of my work day and the afternoon is right at the end. And you, you, can, call, you can call that bookends of your day, essentially. So the, it kind of starts the day before. So for, for, the af, for the afternoon routine or sort of early evening routine, it's about reviewing your day. You know, how well you feel you've done in terms of what you set out to do. Um, it's about, this is something that I find really important. It's about setting a focus for the next day. So, you know, we probably have, you know, at any one time, we've probably got dozens and dozens of things that need to be done. And if we're not very clear on what we're going to do the next day, you know, it, it can get a little bit overwhelming. Like when you finish your day of work and you know you've got so much more to do, you know, you, you, you kind of don't go skipping into work the next day if, if it seems like it's going to be quite hard to get everything done. So you wake up every morning knowing what you're going
0: to do. You've already decided the night before. In general, ideally, yeah. (laughs) Like
1: when I'm when I'm really like on on track and in flow, that's exactly how I work. And you know, these days, more often than not, that's that's exactly how how I do things. So it will it will essentially be trying to simplify what are the most important things I should be doing into the three top tasks of the day. Um, And what what that kind of means is when you kind of close the day and working from home, I always try to finish at five p.m shut down my computer and you know and switch off but as much as you you know I feel like I haven't I am switched off that I can spend time with my family and enjoy it you know whether you're going to sleep um, and you'll have those three tasks you know you'll be thinking about them at some level mm. and you'll be surprised you know how often people say that you know, they had a, there was a problem and overnight they woke up the next morning and they had a solution. He slept and, on it. Yeah, I think it was like Paul McCartney. Um, I'm not sure if it was yesterday, the it song was, Be- yeah. Beatles. Yeah. And he, he said that he just woke up with the full music in his head and he wasn't sure whether he it was actually someone else's song. So there's, there's something quite powerful, I think, from a, you know, whether it's a subconscious or whether it's a dream state, um, actually giving your body time to think about something. And also like, you know, we... Even for those that really, really love their work, I think sometimes if, if it's not clear what you need to do when you get up, it can sometimes think, oh, God, I'm just going to open my email and, and just jump into the Start day. Start
0: firefighting.
1: Start firefighting. And and that's kind of so that's kind of some things that I would be thinking about in a afternoon routine. But in a morning routine, it's, um, you know, before definitely not opening up emails to start with you don't with. check email all morning generally not if i can if i can oh, help it hard. and but in particular i don't check i, d- I don't check email right at the start um, because i think that can really it starts pulling you you know you're getting a little bit sidetracked in the book um deep work that's where i got the idea from cal newport at the end of the day not, he switches his computer off but he actually says to himself shut down complete and in saying in saying that, it's kind of re-emphasizing that he has done his work, and he's you know, and we're not we're, none of us are perfect. We'll sometimes check our phones for emails and things, but by physically turning off the computer, as you say, it gives you that sense of you know, The books it, closed, the books you've you know, there's you've drawn a line in the sand, and you're now stepping into your next part of your day, which is you know having more space and time to do other things,
0: and thinking about that kind of tension between you know your own time and your productive time how uh, how did having um a, a baby change your priorities
1: i think it, it you know it, it obviously changed your priorities in a, in a lot of ways but i think it, it 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 helped from a time management perspective because you know i had read deep work a while before and i had tried played with the ideas and i liked how it all you know made sense from a kind of information perspective but i didn't really do it that much but in the last couple of months i'm kind of like you know it's hard to get done what i need to get done the pressure's so, on isn't it yeah, yeah the pressure is on like i haven't got as much flexy time if i'm if i haven't got something done to complete what i had planned to get done and it can get frustrating and that and you don't want those frustrations to be passed on to the time that you do have after work so i think it's kind of having a baby like it's you know it's it's like one of the greatest things amazing things you know you can have but at the same 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 time it it like changes everything and in in some ways you have to change yourself and I think from a productive perspective you want to you don't want to be productive outside of work necessarily you want to just be free and open but that kind of means that at some stages during your work you kind of need to, to to do things and for me i've always known that i work better in the morning and that and i and i have to a degree done always done my most important work in the morning and and given myself a bit of slack in the afternoon but what i hadn't done is is sort of time blocked these sessions in a way where you know my my wife knows that if she really needs me she has to use skype um in the morning because i'll I'll have skype on on my because i generally don't use skype so not no one's really coming in that way to to contact me but i've turned the notifications off my phone um and you know email notifications. so that's that's a way that she can kind of come in but she knows herself then it like there has to be sort of like a reason i guess
0: yeah so it's brought this discipline really that it's put that pressure on to bring real structure and discipline to what you do so that you can you know part of the waves and make that kind of time for
1: Yeah. Family. And I was listening to a podcast recently and they were taught and it really um, struck a chord with me. And the guy being interviewed was saying, you know, like, you know, as a general rule, most people feel that that integrity is an important thing. Like it's a value that they have in a personal level and properly from a workplace perspective. But when we think about self integrity, that's basically doing what you what you say you're gonna do, or, or doing what you feel you should do. And quite often when we miss a deadline or we don't do something and this repeats and repeats and repeats, then there comes a point where you don't always believe that you are going to do what you say you're going to do. And when you get to that stage, it's quite hard. And you know, I kind of felt with the pressure of having, you know, after having a new baby with less time or spare time anyway, I kind of felt like I needed to kind of get better at that self-integrity, where I was meeting deadlines more often than I wasn't, and these these are my own deadlines now, and I feel these, these this time blocking approach has really helped.
0: Um, it's just as challenging in lots of different ways. Working in a busy office with lots of other people around you, um, you know, what what sort of productivity, I suppose, uh, techniques or hacks have you tried? whether it's been successful or not you know in 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 house or agency or office environments
1: i think you know even just coming back to having those top 3 tasks for the day you know whether you're going to get distracted or not it's nice to know what the what the finishing line is at the end of the day like if you know what the three things are you need to get done that is the finishing line and if and if you get two of them done you can feel quite good about your day if you get three of them done you feel you know really good about your day so it's being clear what what is important for your day and to try and aim to get those done and also when you do have interruptions it's easy to say yes I can do that but and sometimes if it's your boss you know there there may not be much wriggle room but you you know but if you do know what your free tasks are you can say to your boss yes I can do that today but the three things I'm working on are these three things and they're important because they're contributing to this bigger project That thing that you want me to do will probably take me about an hour and a half, which means I definitely won't be able to do all of these three things. Um, I mean, that might sound a little bit like. No, I think that's true.
0: I think if you haven't agreed, if you haven't even agreed with yourself what you need to do that day, how are you then going to be able to work out whether you can go to a meeting or do something else that crops up unexpectedly?
1: Exactly. And it might be that it's not that you're saying that you can't do it. It's that what you had planned today was this. And you you might say you know it's it's Tuesday now Thursday I've got you know I've got a lot more space in terms of what I'm planning to do. you know I'll have that hour and a half that um, can definitely get that done then if you re- if it really needs to be done today then I can you know th- there's flexibility in what I what I what, what, what I can do, but it will it will have an impact. And I remember when I actually worked in an agency there was this um, we did a lot of Excel um, um, particularly when I was doing Google ads. Mm. And there was this one guy that was like like an admin assistant, but he was like exceptionally good at Microsoft Excel. So if you had a big project and you were struggling with time, um, he was your go to man. But what he was really good at doing is he had time blocked his day based on tasks that people had asked him to do and i would say to him hey can you do me can you do this for me and it, and he would work out he'd be like yeah it's about an hours worth of work and he'd be like no i can't do it today and like and you could see in his calendar like this guy wasn't they would he wasn't there was no wiggle room he genuinely couldn't do it that day and because he had planned out his day to to quite a high level of precision you you trusted what he said you're like well can you do it tomorrow and he's like yeah i can do it tomorrow like between 10 and 11 that's that's how detailed he was and i'd be like i'd be like that works for me you know and it's and it's kind of like you know i'm not saying that you, you you would have to take it to that kind of a level but when you do start to plan out your day you're in a stronger position to kind of you know negotiate with with potential interruptions
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, everyone hates meetings and uh, there are some sort of modern companies who insist on like, you know, standing only meetings and all that kind of thing. Um, have you got any thoughts on uh, how to make meetings effective? How do you make meetings effective?
1: Um, I mean, I don't have that many, many meetings. Not but these days, but no, I'm no, sure, of course. But, but no, but I've, I've been in a lot of meetings and I remember being in a meeting with... Um, with Stellius from, you know, EasyJet and EasyCruise. So big, big personality. And, you know, he would he would start the meeting by saying, you know, what is the purpose of, th- of this meeting? What do we want to get out of this meeting? It was very clear. Why that are if here, if, if yeah. you'd been in one meeting, you knew the second time you had that meeting, you you were going to get asked that and you needed to have a good answer for it. He wanted it to be concise. And at the end of the meeting, he would say, Okay, he'd recap on what the reason was. And he'd remembered all this. He was, you know, a sharp guy. And then he'd say, what are the next actions? Joe, you know, because I was working agency side, helping him with the SEO. It's like, Joe, what's, you know, what are your next actions? <laughs> he would ask the table. <laughs> and it was like, you knew that he was on the ball and there needed to be a purpose behind the meeting and it needs to be concise. And a lot of accountability,
0: you know, for everyone, you know. Yeah,
1: it's like, well, okay, you know, I've you've said you're going to do this, so you know detail and, and, and i think there was someone next to him taking the meeting notes so he knew that this has all been noted as well but yeah I, I just think when it comes to a meeting like it it needs to have a clear purpose and i think um i think ideally it needs to have a time frame as well if you if you set a meeting at 10 and generally speaking you might have booked out 10 to eleven in the calendar but if it only needs to be twenty minutes i think it's it's to try and be clear that that it, this is this is we're going to talk about this in this meeting. It's going to be you know fairly short, maybe twenty minutes, um, and you know let's let's work out what the the reason is behind the meeting, mm-hmm. and let's come up with a solution of what we that that, that everyone's on the page. Um, I think the other word, the other sort of thing with meetings is, do they need to happen, you know, or do they need to happen as regularly as they as they ha- have happened? And I have someone um, who helps me. Um, from an seo perspective so if i do some client work um yolanda does you know she helps me with some some of the work and you know at stages we need to have um weekly meetings but right now because of the way things are working it, it doesn't need to be that regular maybe it's every couple of weeks and we've recently changed it from being every week to being slightly less regular so i think you've got to kind of ask yourself the question is What's the purpose behind the meeting? Does it need to be this regular? Does it need to be this long?
0: I think we've all been in um, weekly status meetings that feel like they're a broken record and exactly the same as last week's. And
1: Yeah, and, you know, you and know. if you've got like 20 people in a status meeting, you know, maybe, maybe it makes sense to just get, you know, not everyone needs to be in that meeting at a certain time. Um, and maybe there's a summary that's sent out after.
0: Could have been an email summary. Yeah, I come out. Of, I've come out of too many meetings and thought that could have been an email.
1: Hal Elroyd, he's written a book called The Miracle Morning, and in oh, the I'd, mi- like,
0: I'd like one of those. <laughs> yeah. It
1: sounds pretty good, sounds doesn't great. it? But you know, he's he sold. You know, it's, it's I think it's multi-million um, books sold. It, he's pretty, you know, kind of established. And and that Miracle Morning comes down to these six what he calls lifesavers. And the savers basically stand for um, six things that he recommends you do in the morning. And he, he says you can either do this over an, maybe an hour or you, he even says it's possible to do over in six minutes, which I think is a little bit of a stretch. Um, but if you, if you maybe somewhere in the middle, maybe around half an hour. So I'm, I'm going to see if I can remember, <laughs> remember what yeah. these are now. We've got. Um, so first of all, we have silence silence which is s um so that's that's kind of like meditation um it's having a moment you know whether i've got an apple watch on my on my uh hand and what that what what i can do with that watch is there's a breathe app so i, I basically just take five minutes out and i just have some quiet i haven't even put my my t- my monitors on and in fact i've got a um a kind of self. Ma- I've got quite an advanced um, green, t- well, a, a tea maker, which basically allows you to set the brew time, the temperature, um, and it's loose leaf. Um, so it's it's a re- it's a nice um, you know kettle, um, but it takes roughly five minutes to to kind of heat up and to brew the tea. So I basically do my. Um, so you start the day with what sounds like the Japanese tea ceremony. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I. I love green tea, so I, um, I I generally go for green tea with brown rice, um, which has got a name in Japanese that I can't remember. But if you Google green tea with brown rice, it gives it a slightly sweeter taste, um, not as bitter, and it's got a slightly popcorn taste to it. And it's, you know, it's meant to be quite good for you. Lovely. Um, so that's kind of like my silence, which is the first thing that I'll do. Um, the next two are kind of like, I, I wouldn't say I always do. So that the second one is affirmations, um, which I have tried, but I wouldn't say I do it regularly. So that's where you have a positive thought, It's often quite good to do when you're exercising, and you kind of repeat it in your mind. Um, so it, it's it's trying to get a positive mindset to start that day with, with sort of good in, intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's A of savers. The third one is visualization um now that one i think is a good one and that i combine that with the next one which is e for exercise now this is gonna when i mention the exercise that i do you, you, you know you may laugh a little bit but i basically have a rebounder in my cabin and a, re, a rebounder is like a mini trampoline and i've kind of gone for the one that doesn't have springs so it's quite silent but it's also quite um fluid in terms of how you bounce on it cool. and i'll sometimes mix it up with some like mini weights that i'm uh bouncing around and the idea is i think nasa said that it's kind of one of the most efficient forms of exercise that you can do because it's very low impact on your um on your body but also it's actually quite good for your um just your general well-being um your in terms of how we we we, we pump um, blood around the body it's you know it's from our heart but in terms of how we pump um get rid of toxins from the blood and from our mm-hmm. body. That's our lymphatic system. And that needs motion to be effective. Mm-hmm. So a good way of doing that is, is, is you know, is walking, is running, or, you know, in rebounding. my case, re- rebounding. That sounds
0: great. I mean, so that's quite a high energy start to the morning. You're really kind of getting the blood flowing, getting the brain, you know, enriched and fed with... Uh, yeah, you know. and, you
1: know, that might be like 10 or 15 minutes. doesn't have to be anything, you know, a huge amount of time. But that's where I would sometimes combine it with a visualization. So now that I know what the free tasks are that I really want to get done that day, it's just visualizing, one, how am I going to do that and how I'll feel afterwards that I know that that's been done. And I might combine that with the free tasks that I want to do for, for the week as well. Um, and so you
0: actually think about not only doing it, but how you're going to feel when you've done it. That you're going to imagine yourself having done it, and how good that. I think
1: that's the key thing with visualization, and and you can do it at a kind of micro level, which is like the day. You could do it at a macro level, which might be for the year, what your year goals. Um, And it's it's kind of like you know, I I am a little bit of a like to read self help books and that sort of thing. And I think the the key thing the key thing that I've kind of learned is, in fact, L Helroyd's new book it's something uh not the success equation but it's something similar and there's two points to it and the first point is really completely believing that you can do what it is and then the second point is basically doing the work um so the visualization is helping you believe that you can actually do what you intend to do and when and if you genuinely believe that it's like athletes you know they they actually you know top athletes um, have been through the process of actually winning that race hundreds and hundreds of times in their minds. And I think it, I think it came from the Olympics, from the Russians actually came with this visualization technique in sports. Um, And look, I'm not saying that every day I'm, you know, by detail, visualizing every task that I do, but I find more often than not, when I do focus more on visualization for the day, I tend to, I tend to have a better day and feel more satisfied at the end of it.
0: Yeah, I think I, can, I understand that because it's not about just, um, I suppose, a list in a positive state within yourself. But I think it organises your thoughts well and sets, kind of organises your brain around those three tasks and really puts you into your first burst of deep work, well-prepared. But also I think, you know, it, it, the, one of the most common problems I come across with clients and and uh delegates on courses that want to get into marketing um is confidence it's I, I think it's by far the biggest issue and everyone goes into it with imposter syndrome you know where they don't feel like you know they feel like they're the one that's going to get caught out for not knowing everything and and um, they're not worthy of their place sat as you know in the marketing executive seat and um i think confidence or lack thereof is and maybe it's cultural maybe it's a British thing I don't know but I'm pretty sure it's global um and I think it's the biggest thing holding people back so I think all those uh, uh so to some people they might sound a bit a bit odd but actually uh visualizing yourself you know succeeding in those roles and in the with those tasks is really important I think because then you can believe it you know and um it becomes probably it becomes possible at the very least
1: yeah yeah no definitely and and in fact, when I was walking, um, walking to, to here today, um, just something came up on my phone and the, I forget the lady's name. It's Marie something. She's very, um, she's very sort of big in her space in America, but she's got a new book and it's called Everything is Um It's a bit of a sort of a strange phrase, but the idea is that you know, like you might doubt what you can do, particularly for bigger projects. You might doubt whether you can actually do it at all. But if you go in with a mindset that everything actually is figureoutable, you can figure things out, then, then you start to believe that, that it's true, that it, that it can happen. Mm. And until you, get, until you actually get to that stage where you believe something is possible. Um, in fact, I think with El Helrod's second book, it's like, first, you've got to uh, believe that it's possible. Then you've got to believe that it's. Um, um, I think it's like likely. I think he uses a different word. Mm. And then after that, it's inevitable. And it's you can't jump. You can't jump from possible to inevitable. It's it's sort of it's 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 building up that confidence, as you say, that you that that that, that you that you're that you're in that good space. Mm. And and just to quickly kind of wrap up the savers, um, you've got reading so. I don't always do this in the morning, but it may be that I am reading a book or listening to an audio book. So maybe there's like 15 minutes or 20 minutes there. Um, Again, if I'm rebounding, sometimes I will listen to some some audio. So it could be an audio book. And then the last one is um, scribing, um, which is basically writing. And I think, you know, a lot of people would be actually journaling. So it might be just getting any kind of thoughts in their mind, good or bad, just writing them down. Um, maybe writing down their experience from the previous day could be any, could be a problem that you've got on your mind that you, you know, everything is outable I've got a problem. I'm just going to scribble. I'm not going to think too much about what it is and see what comes out. Um, but of those sex, it's it's more the silence, the visualization and the exercising. So I tend to focus more on those three. Yeah. But now and again I'll, I'll throw in another one of, of that list and, and, and see how I get on.
0: So that's your morning. You start with those, you um and then you go into three 90 minute periods of deep work.
1: Yeah. I find that's probably the one biggest change for me is 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 finding the time to do it, switching off notifications. And I slightly gamify it by using an app um, called Forest. So this is—I use it on my iPhone. I'm pretty sure it's on Android. And the idea is that for X number of minutes, you grow um, a tree in a forest. Um, so you—and also it encourages—it encourages me anyway. When I when I see it in front of me and I can see the minutes counting down, um, I find it's much easier to stay focused for those ninety minutes and say to myself. I can't jump out now, I'm doing a deep work session. And rather than list, I find the problem of listening to music is that it's a, it's a little, you can have a little cheat where you just change the track um, or you find a new artist, it's breaking up that deep work. So in this app, I it starts off with, I think it's some music, um, some sounds from the forest. And it's slightly gamified after you've got a certain amount of points, you can change the sound.
0: Joe Williams there. And remember, you can listen to the full episodes these extracts were taken from by looking down our podcast feed to early 2020. Alison Battersby, founder of Avocado Social now. I started by asking her what parts of her personality work against her productivity efforts.
2: I'm quite stubborn. So actually, I remember about a year ago, one of my clients messaged me a question on WhatsApp. And it was just a sort of, you know, do you think we should be doing this with our social media type question? And I was adamant that I was not going to reply because how how dare this client message me on my personal WhatsApp with a social media question. My WhatsApp was for my friends and family only and I was gonna keep it that way. And I stuck to my guns and I emailed her back and I gave her the answer to her question. But I put a, a very polite message at the end just saying, by the way, like for this kind of stuff, would appreciate an email rather than a WhatsApp. Would
0: appreciate you never WhatsApp me again. Okay.
2: <laughs> and I probably did come across quite, I don't know what the word is, but I think that stubborn nature in me was sort of like, no, I am going to stick to my guns and not use WhatsApp for work. And over the last year, actually, I found <laughs> that WhatsApp is incredibly useful For giving a very quick reply to a customer, particularly now because one of the clients which we work with, they need that instant customer query support channel. So we decided to set up WhatsApp. Um, And so now I have no problem with using it for work. Mm. And actually, I feel a little bit embarrassed of how I acted a year ago. But I suppose these things do evolve.
0: They do, they do. And actually, I mean, I suppose, you know, your stubbornness is a uh, actually a real asset when it comes to productivity. It's yes, a, it,
2: potentially. <laughs> it, no, it
0: really is. It's, it's um, it, because you've, you know, you'll stick to your guns and it sounds like you've taken control of your digital life in quite a resolute way, which is good, because a lot of us don't do that. Mm. And we let the technology kind of dictate our day,
2: Yeah, really. I really do, I think, since I've read a lot more about you know screen time and mm. I think working in social media, I'm just so aware of how much time I do spend on the platforms. I really do like to be in control of it. Um, where I probably also could improve, although maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm doing it fine, is I do tend to work quite a lot of weekends. Mm. Not for the whole weekend, but if there is something I didn't quite manage to finish in the week, I will often be found on a Sunday afternoon, you know, getting that report done or prepping some emails for Monday morning just to kind of get ahead of myself. I wonder if that's just a small business owner thing.
0: It definitely is. We all, yeah, we never clock off. So I think we all do that. But mm. I think, do you think that it's important to have a definite end to the working day?
2: In some way, yeah, I do. Um, I think particularly when you're running a business with your partner as well. Of course, which we didn't mention, but you do. I do. Yeah. So my husband and I run the business. So we we do need that. Right. That's it. Almost like laptops off.
0: We're husband and wife again.
2: Yes. It's, it's dinner time or let's go and veg out. Yeah. Um, But then, you know, equally, someone did say to me once, which I thought was beautiful, is if you do have to work late, why not work late with someone you love? Mm. So, you know, there will be sometimes where I say to my husband, oh, I I haven't quite got through my to do list today. And he sort of goes, oh, yeah, I could do with working tonight as well. And we sort of give each other that look and sort of say, "Okay, tonight we will work. But tomorrow we'll reward ourselves. We'll go out for lunch or, you know, we'll, we'll take the afternoon off. Yeah. So it works both ways.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, We have exactly the same thing with my wife, funnily enough. Um, <laughs> so when you look at your to-do list, do you believe, like some people, in tackling the hardest, nastiest jobs first? <laughs> it's something that gets referred to in productivity circles as swallowing the frog, right? And it's just this idea, you just it's kind of like, you know, a, when you're a kid, it's just better to eat the peas and the carrots first on the plate. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Do you um, do you take that sort of approach with your to dos?
2: I would love to, but I never do. <laughs> no, I always start with a couple of easy ones just yeah. to get into the swing of it. So usually that would be an urgent email that needs to go out that I know will take me a couple of minutes, or perhaps it's just getting you know, a couple of posts scheduled into social media or something like that.
0: But what's your best time of the day? When are you your best?
2: Morning, definitely.
0: Because a lot of people would say that's when you should devote your, you know, mental energy to the stuff that really matters. And then when you zone out after lunch, you can do the kind of admin and the invoicing and the brain dead yes. stuff, you yeah. know. And there's, there's one I was reading recently about um, one method where people actually tag each to do with, whether they they need high energy or whether they can do them when they're essentially brain dead. Got yeah. And you, so when you are brain dead, you can look at your to do list and know there's some, there's some things on there for you to do that take zero thinking about, and they are usually things like admin or sending in an easy email mm. or tidying your desk. Yeah. You know those sort of things, yeah. and that if you know your best in the morning, that you tackle that strategy document or the thing you really don't want to do. You know? Yeah,
2: and that is makes total sense and i wish i could do that <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe maybe that's
2: but i like i like to start with one or two easy ones just to get a couple of ticks on my list i agree
0: i do i mean i i believe in swallowing the frog and i try and do it but it is nice to ease in mm. we need to see some ticks because we need that reward you do and um do, how do you reward yourself do you ever reward yourself for getting some of those big nasty jobs done
2: yes i do yeah i think that's really important mm. um so I mean different ways like sometimes it will be you know oh I finished I finished that big strategy that I've been working on all week or been really looking to get out the door I will now you know go take a lovely evening off go for a lovely walk or maybe it's go for a lovely yoga class or perhaps it's just cooking a really nice meal and spending the time to do that but I do like to intentionally choose something that gives me pleasure as a reward for doing that, which I think is really interesting.
0: That's great. I mean, it's funnily enough, it's one of the big trending productivity hacks of our is time. It? Yeah, no, it's something I've come across quite a bit is and, and because it's so psychologically proven now, yeah. the, the best way to moti- motivate yourself is to give yourself a, you know, it has to be a very defined to do so, so that you can observably say, yeah, that's definitely been done. Uh, but at the end of it, you place something that is just re- indulgent and mm. that, yeah, going for a walk or something you really kind of would could only allow yourself to do if you really felt like you'd relieved yourself yeah. of that task. Yeah,
2: you know? actually, I find that the thing I probably do quite a lot in, in business is, I don't know if it's the same for you, Will, but I have very, very crazy times in my business where maybe for three weeks... I'm going relentlessly at it with workshops. I've got maybe three or four key deadlines for strategy or audits or competitor reviews that need to be delivered. And so at the end of that almost stint or sprint, Mm. I will do something quite big as a reward. Right. I like it. So, for example, I've recently been to Switzerland to deliver a strategy and a workshop. In the meantime, I'm delivering two social media strategies for my clients. And I've recently come to Ireland to do some online courses. And so that was quite a lot of work over the over the next over the sort of previous weeks. So what I've done is I've booked a Friday afternoon off and I'm gonna go and have a facial. Oh (laughs) yeah. Which is such a girly thing to do. But I'm really excited about it because it's a special treat and it's almost like, well done for doing all that massive work.
0: I, I think that's so important. You're not going to believe this, but I did that exact same thing.
2: Did you go for a facial? I went
0: for a facial and a back massage. Oh,
2: amazing.
0: But in, in my hometown, this is like a spa. And uh, I'd got such, it was just before Christmas. And I was going to go home for Christmas, basically. And having done all this work. And the very first day I got there, I'd booked myself into the spa.
2: Amazing. And I
0: had to wait between treatments and sit in the, you know, the chill out room by the pool in a robe you know, with my feet <laughs> in a bubbly thing and you yeah, know all yeah, that. Yeah. And just I went through a thought I just thought, you know what? It's not there's no worth it's not worth doing. It's not worth the sprint unless you can treat yourself. But I, I do agree. think it's very motivational. I do. And and like I say, there's growing evidence that for all the you know productivity tools and tips and hacks and systems that we've got that it might be the simplest way to just help yourself get stuff done get Mm. the big the high value big meaty stuff done yeah is to put a reward at the end of it Um, i think so although apparently it works on a micro level just you know if i go for a run i'll let myself have a chocolate bar or can work as well but it's obviously more effective at a kind of bigger level Mm. you know yeah
2: um, which I, you know, I hear that all the time from people. It's actually when you go on holiday or just take time away from your screen. That's when your best creative ideas happen.
0: But we are, And that's why, that is exactly why productivity is so important. Productivity processes or some sort of structure because you have to give yourself that time to breathe rather than being on the hamster wheel that you mm-hmm. talked about. Um, so where do you have your best ideas?
2: I would probably say on a dog walk, yes. So I have a lovely Springer door who is uh, part Springer, part Lab, who me and my husband take him for a walk every day and we don't always go together, but that can be where we get some great ideas or or maybe if I'm just sort of thinking to myself. Um, And then also driving, I get good ideas. So I... Yeah, I do when I'm driving maybe, you know, around the country, particularly if I'm by myself, just that time to sort of really think over a client issue, a problem or to just perhaps think about even, you know, what are we going to post on Instagram for the next week?
0: It's because you're trapped, isn't it? It's because you mm. you, you can't um, engage with your screen or...
2: Yeah, there's you, no distraction I have mean to other, think. other than the traffic. <laughs> other than you know
0: staying alive. <laughs> exactly. And, um, and how do you capture your ideas in these moments?
2: Um that's a good question. Um I would probably say either WhatsApping my husband. Not while driving of <laughs> no, course. No, no, but, yeah. but after. Oh, I've had this great idea. Or it would be a case of, you know, jotting something down on a notepad when I can.
0: Yeah. I started using uh, recently started using an app mm. called Otter and it's a uh, tech it's a speech tech to text app. Okay. It's very smart, it's a very good one. It's better than a lot that I've used. And um, when when I get home it syncs to my desktop and I can put it in my Apple Notes app and and basically turn it into written content. And I've noticed a lot more people are starting to do this which is how I learned about it. So I've started basically doing what you do in the car uh but just recording myself and then trying to formulate my thoughts and it might turn into a section like recently it turned into a slide in one of my courses recently another little monologue turned into an article on my website
2: oh brilliant
0: you know i mean not the full article but maybe just the out this you know i would have to go and research it and properly write afterwards but it would be the bare bones of it Mm. you know um and some of the the thicker prose of it because it when you speak, it comes out as the way you would most naturally write anyway, I think.
2: That's really interesting. And actually, it, yeah. it reminds me of a recent Taylor Swift documentary I watched on Netflix. I know it. And she writes most of her songs from actually just formulating that spoken word and recording it in a voice note on her phone. God. So in the in the documentary, you see her coming up with the, a lot of her new tracks on her album by either you know saying a lyric into her phone or a sentence or a poem Mm. or even just singing
0: a little line line or
2: melody yeah and it's very interesting
0: that is interesting that i mean that's that's what led me to do this because i just realized that my idea capture process was just broken Mm. i was i was i was trying to think of what to write or what to put there at times when I wasn't at my most creative and when I wasn't my most creative I was just losing ideas Mm. you know which is a big part of productivity is you're trying to maximize what you get out of you know your brain and turn into work um to make the most of your time
2: so that app was called otter
0: yeah okay
2: I'm gonna look into it
0: Alison there and finally, here's Kevin Reed, a career and communications coach, who I mined for information on managing one's own goals and time. So you have, um, from what what we what I understand, you have a basically a map uh, on a sheet of paper in your diary. You have a map of everything that you're working on, and so you can see all the moving parts in your career at the moment, essentially.
3: Yeah. So I utilise very much Tony Buzan's mind map process. Okay. And what I do is I have on my diary, it's a small mind map that is just a series of arrows and concentric circles that outline everything that I do. And in a moment, I'm involved in eight different collaborations on top of my coaching and training business. And what that does is just the name of each one. It gives me the overview, I have further detail written on the whiteboard in the office, which is on a floor to ceiling whiteboard. And that gives me the detail. But for that objective overview at the start of every day and the finish of every day, that's what I use as a mechanism to allow me to have a concise overview.
0: How And how do you decide what you're going to do today?
3: You can't do everything. You, no. you can, but you will have a heart attack. You can't,
0: definitely, because no, you, you're working on a lot of
3: different I'm things. I'm working on a lot of things. So, for instance, when I'm here today in- interacting with yourself, I had two other tasks to do today. But I was able to banish all the other tasks, right? Because there's a big, big, important rule in this, is your brain is for thinking, not storage. Hmm. And too many people overload their brains. My brain's pretty clear. I couldn't tell you what I'm doing tomorrow. I have to look it up. Yeah. Because I free my brain, which allows me to have strategic thinking, to be clear for the thinking, not getting involved in the nitty gritty.
0: So do you start the day with a to-do list?
3: I start the day um, by lying in bed for 20 minutes <laughs> and running it over in my head what I'm going to do that day. That's good. I like that. Right. So Martina, my wife, has stopped shouting, get up, because she knows what I'm doing. I'm actually lying in bed, talking to myself, working out the day.
0: That's nice. I like that. You're selling this system Ah, to me. That's
3: good. Then on top of that, you've got to realize what you can actually do. So lots of research has found that you can only actually start work on and complete three tasks a day.
0: Yes. I've heard quite a bit of talk about this in time management circles. So okay, and and how do you work out what three things to do? Is there a way to? Do you have a system for kind of? Well,
3: I have a system. It's it, it, well, it's whatever whatever the prioritization system that you use. How that's measured, it could be what's important for my business, important for my client's business, or a I of the two. Mm. Right? Simple thing I do. It's a just it's, it's a, a letter and a number. So I've got A B C. I've got A one two three, B one two three, and C one two three. Everything gets a code. Yes. I even put colour on top of that. So the stuff must get done is in red, the stuff that should get done is in blue, and the stuff, if I have time, is in black. So at a glance, I can go down my to-do list or I can go down my mind map because it's always in colour. And at a glance from 10 feet away while running out the office thinking of something else, I can see what has to be done. It's the overview.
0: You sound like quite a visual person.
3: I'm very visual. Um would be a visual storyteller for a lot of the process I use in my coaching is I would tell people stories and give people examples. So a lot of anecdotes and people understand the direction that I'm coming from. So when I look at something, it has to be visual, It's something I have to see. Mm. And that gives me a better overview. So you could give me an app. It wouldn't work for me. It can work for other people, wouldn't work for me. And I need to go through the process, which is slower. And for that, it's admirable of writing things out, So it taps into my subconscious and I can think about it more. It slows things down because we're too fast.
0: Yes. So you're not only a fan of visual um, representations of information, but you're also like good old traditional pen and paper. Yeah. So you're saying that by writing things down in analog form with pen and paper, that they sink into our subconscious more...
3: Because you will very easily make a voice recording or very easily tap something into your keyboard, which takes seconds or milliseconds. Bang, it's in. Mm. But if you have to write down meeting will next Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock in London, and while you're doing that, it reminds you two or three other things at the same time. That's okay. Mm. It's triggering your subconscious. Very powerful.
0: It is. No, you're absolutely right. And so uh, have you heard about the... Idea of swallowing the frog, which is uh,
3: Brian Tracy, love him, brilliant, absolutely brilliant.
0: And do you swallow the frog oh, on a daily basis? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> so you basically tackle the nastiest, most the, the least attractive task first, absolutely, in your day.
3: and that could even be the least attractive phone call of the day. Oh, yeah, you know, and sometimes um, clients of mine have been known on um, to go to the office really early in the morning and ringing the really difficult guy at quarter to five in the morning, go, sorry, I missed you. (laughs) Catch you again later. But they've prepared themselves for that conversation because they've listened to the person's voicemail and listened to their voice and acclimatized themselves to that person's voice. So when they ring later on, they can follow on the conversation. So...
0: They've kind of licked the frog. Yes, they've licked the frog, getting the bad
3: stuff out of there, because you feel good. You then, if you get that task done, you wallow in success. And we all motivate ourselves by thinking, what a success feels like. This is what success feels like. Isn't it great?
0: I can't say I feel the same way when I get to lunchtime and all I've done is uh, browse social media.
3: Yeah, well, there's the stuff you should be doing and the stuff you shouldn't. If your job is a social media browser, is that your job?
0: It could technically be part of my job, yeah. but it's not really. It's if not you the frog.
3: were a Jamaican beach tester, you could have the same issues. You only tested four beaches by lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'd love that job. And, you know, there's so many systems that try to kind of fabricate that. So there's things like, you know, the Pomodoro method and, and and time boxing methods of various sorts, which can be hard for a lot of people because they kind of know that ultimately, yes, there's an app that's t- counting down 20 minutes, but it's not, it will never be as hard and finite a deadline as having to get off the train or needing to go home at five o'clock. Yeah. You know, what's your, I mean, what's the most successful time boxing um technique or tool that you've encountered
3: um the (laughs) gratification i will give myself x if i do this now
0: well like that
3: yeah so So. i will go for a ride on my motorcycle the moment i have this finished Hmm. but i will do it to to the level of my expectation so i will write this training course in its entirety the lesson plan the powerpoint and when i have it finished perfectly i'll allow myself to go for a spin on my motorbike gratification
0: that's nice. And we
3: always remember gratification as a child. If you're a good boy, I'll give you a sweet. <laughs> it's the same thing.
0: <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? I start parenting myself. <laughs> but it's very good that. I like that. I'm going to take mm. that. Um...
3: And that's another thing. Not enough of us in our time management actually allow time for play. Mm, I agree. Now, you're a parent. I'm not a parent, but I do allow time for play. I allow time for me to go and enjoy myself. And I am selfish. I will defend my time for spins on my motorcycle, walks on the beach, whatever it may be. It's time to defend, to relax.
0: I, I really do uh, agree with that. I, I'm i self-employed and I've been for years. And um, I, I've i gotten into that more and more over the years. And I understand that, you know, because it's, it's that walk on the beach that, you know, where you're going to think, of the thing you were working on this morning in just different ways. There's lots of obvious reasons why that walk on the beach is important.
3: And 10 steps into that walk, your head is in a different place. Yeah. 10 steps, guaranteed. Mm. And if you really want to improve upon the, that experience, take your shoes and socks off. Mm. Different way to think completely. I would do it in the Phoenix Park in Dublin, do a lot of barefoot coaching, where someone just has to, just have to just have to talk it out. We walk around barefoot in an area called the 17 Acres. Completely clears the head because it's a different way of doing the same thing we do every day, which is walking. Yeah. So barefoot. So what people do is they start to rationalise and compartmentalise, and so many ideas flow, and they talk to the open air and they talk to me all at the same time. Wow, that's interesting. We can all do that just by walking.
0: It's very true. Um, I, I do, I do, I do agree with that. It's something quite special about that, and, and it's, it's a shame, isn't it, that people who are employees. Uh, of companies probably aren't given the license to do that. We're we're penned in for eight hours. I don't know how we kind yes, of overcome
3: Some companies do, some companies don't. Um, the company I work with in Northern Ireland, <coughs> they have blue sky thinking rooms where they have a narrow corridor with black walls and in that corridor is a reclining chair and the door is a curtain and the back wall of the room is a window and the window runs from the floor up to the roof and across the ceiling. Wow. And that is, if you need to go and think about something, you go in there and you look at the sky and you have a think. It's a blue sky thinking room. And no one abuses it by having a snooze. No, of course. So they're able to go in and just clear the head and to allow people to become more productive and be happier at their work. At lunchtime every day in the canteen, at four corners of the canteen, are all the senior management team. And they're there to serve the employees during lunchtime. What do you need to know about your medical? What do you need to know about your pension? About things that are upcoming in work? I'll sit and I'll sit here at lunchtime to serve you.
0: That's cool. I That's good that. time.
3: That's very good time management.
0: So there's a recurring theme here, isn't there, with what you do? It's it's a zooming out That we're all, um, you know, the human scale, the scale that we evolved to operate on is by nature actually very small. It's very zoomed in. It's, you know, hunter-gatherer type thoughts of, oh, there's an animal, let's kill it and eat it. And there's a bush, let's pick some berries and what have you. And um, we're not probably wired to we've no real reason to think about the bigger picture. We've not evolved in that Mm. way. So it's not natural to us. Mm. And it's clear that without having kind of artificially um, learned about that or been coached around that, that we, you know, we really need to be because otherwise we're not effective. We're just being kind of busy idiots, essentially, you know.
3: Yeah, and we tend to fall into silos, which are of our own making and are just habits. Mm. We don't I mean I Sometimes people do accuse me Of harping on and on About taking a step back Taking the overview Pausing in the moment Mm. Closing your eyes Having to think about it Going having a cup of tea Walking around the car park Come back Make a decision It's giving yourself that time Because if you don't You're always on And you're likely to make A wrong decision Yeah And if you're lucky It's not that bad Yeah But sometimes you're not that lucky You know (laughs) Um, too much speed. Yes, we can be fully informed, but let's just slow down the response. Mm-hmm. Incredible. You know, it, 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 the good example. You send an email where you're really, oh, I'm sending this sort of email, and then you don't send it. And you go and have a cup of coffee and come back and look at it and go, oh my god, I'm glad I didn't send that. Yeah. Same sort of thing. Slow down. Pause.
0: Yeah. I think, yes, no, we've We're all... all we've, guilty of that. We've all sent those emails. <laughs> no, we all haven't sent them. We've all, <laughs> all, so yeah, we've all been for that coffee as well and come back. Certainly I have. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about transforming your marketing career through certified online training, head to digitalmarketinginstitute.com. Thanks for listening.